So you have an accountant to solve your, you know, your tax problems, your IRS problems. You might have a lawyer to solve your waiver and liability problems. Hell, maybe even hired a, a programming company to solve your fitness programming, you know, problems. Why don't you have someone to help you solve your business problems? People don't understand what it is I do. I am essentially your business partner without taking any equity whatsoever. I help you solve the business problems that you have. We work together daily, daily and weekly. You are literally able to pick up the bat phone, as I call it, app that I utilize to work with my gym owners. And you can ping me, send me an audio message any time of the day and say, Stu, this is what's going on. How do I best handle it? You're never going to have to sit there and rifle through fucking YouTube videos and, you know, go through PDFs of free downloads from other, you know, mentorship and business consulting companies. You literally able to pick up the phone and ask me directly, Stu, here's the situation. Here's what's going on. What is it that I do? Then we get together on a call once a month to make sure we are planning for the next month. We are making sure that the things that we have set out to do in this year are getting accomplished. If you are interested in working together, please shoot me a DM over on Instagram at WTF Gym Talk. Let me know you wanna talk about, about potentially working together, you wanna get a better idea as to how this works, and I'll be more than happy to go back and forth with you on audio messages over there and explain it completely. This is something I limit 40 gyms per month. This is how I spend my days now, guys, retired. I work with 40 gym owners per month, and I hopefully get fired. I'm trying to get fired from these jobs because I want to eventually get my owners to a position where they are able to run their business without me being in their pocket. But there's a period of time in which, fuck, you might need somebody in your pocket because think you're going through a transitional phase. Things are different. You're growing. You're scaling. Whatever it may be. I love the day I get fired because now I know that gym owner is better off on their own because we've worked together. They have a higher business IQ and they always know how they can reach me if things ever fall off the rails again. So again, shoot me a DM over on Instagram. If you're looking to work with someone, you're tired of having the stresses and the headaches of dealing with this shit yourself and you're not being able to sleep at night and waking up like, oh, I'm not sure, should I do this or do that? I promise you, I've probably heard it a thousand times over and I can give you a fresh perspective and co-create a solution to the problem and help you execute on it. And it's going to be far better than you losing countless hours of sleep at night and getting in the fight with your employees, your spouse, all that shit. Again, guys, just shoot me a DM over on Instagram at WTF Gym Talk. And now let's do the fucking podcast. What is up, guys? It is Stu and is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast if I could go back in time when I owned Urban Movement, I would have realized that one of my biggest competitors in the area was not Metabolic, was not the YMCA or Rumble or Barry's Boot Camp. It was fucking running. Fucking running. So if you pay attention to the, uh, the little documentary blog thing I've put together over at Respect the Tempo, where I'm documenting this journey of my unique belief in fitness, preparing me for the 2023 Chicago Marathon. I, I've kind of, I've gotten more integrated into the endurance community, hiring and running coaches and working with um, you know prominent local running influencers and having conversations and just going to run clubs and just like, and being in and around that community. And the more I talk with people, the more I realize what a missed opportunity I had. Now, the opportunity, if I were just to summarize it real quick, and I had a great discussion with the, about this with a bunch of metabolic uh, general managers 
and franchise uh, E. Uh, Corbin Jennings when I was in DC speaking, giving a little keynote thing over the weekend. It's, I mean, think about it. It's like, you know, the most popular fitness methodology in the world is running that you can't argue it. I don't care whether you like running or you think it's bad or it's good or whatever. It's the most popular fitness methodology in the world. More people run than they do anything else. Take bodybuilding, CrossFit, and fucking Pilates yoga combined, it doesn't compare to the amount of people who run and who identify as a runner. And we're going to get into that, the psychology of this in a second. So in this time, spending, you know, spending time in the endurance community, I've always think about like, fuck, you know, it, my brain can't help it, but I'm instantly like, how could I have marketed better this group of people? Because they are my avatar demographic. So running is funny because running is something you can do if you're poor. You're poor and broke, you can run, okay? Generally, you don't. <laughs> Generally, you don't. Um, it, when you What you see in the running community, typically, they're generally upper class, upper middle to upper class. And, you know, it's the world of endurance sports is very expensive. And I know you're like, well, running's not expensive. All you need is a pair of shoes. No, 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 you're right. Like the gear for running is not, but like any other hobby sport, when you go down that rabbit hole, it gets expensive. Sure. It's a $180 pair of um, running shoes. And then it's a four or $500 garment. And then it's a $150 strap. And then it's the, the apparel. And then it's, you know, registering for different races and 5Ks. and But it's it's what it is really. It's not even all that. Add all that up together. The money, that's not what I'm talking about. It's the time. Runners spend a ton of time running. And you know who's allowed that you can spend that much time running? People who make enough money to be able to do so or people in which their time to income uh, ratio is is proportionate enough to allow them to do so, right? It's very tough when you work uh, two jobs, or you've got one job, but you you know you're a single parent and you've got you know you're raising two kids to find you know fucking you know ninety minutes, two hours a day, you know thirty miles a week to fucking cut out for. It's tough. So anyway, I'm noticing these you know kind of demographic consistencies and things that I you know I was just thought of runners. I'm like, eh, they're just weak skinny, you know, ignorant people. <laughs> this just sounds so horrible. Um, ignorant people who don't believe in strength training and they're just out there running and they're not even running that hard. They're not like sprinting. Like these are the things I used to think, right? I had that whole like, oh, all they do is LSD, long, slow distance. There's no power. There's no athleticism. Their technique isn't even good. Like it just, be, I mean, you guys, especially those of us that come from the coaching background, we just cringe when we watch normal people run. We also cringe when we watch normal people lift weights. But anyway, so I'm, I see this. I'm like, okay, I would have done a better job incorporating my brand into the running community because what is going on in the running community is that there are so many outside forces and messages from influencers within the running community and authorities, whether it be, you know, uh, media companies or, you know, the brands, the uh, 
Mizuno or Sacconi or fucking Nike, all that, like, that are advocating for strength training for runners. So you have all this extra, you know, megaphoning happening, saying, go get stronger, go lift some weights. And, but the majority of the runners, I, in my experience, it's about, and I've had multiple people who are far deeper in this community concur with me on this. It's probably about 20% of the running community dedicates himself to strength training two days a week. So I'm like, oh my God, like talk about a fucking opportunity. Like they have no other probably monthly subscription, you know, cause again, they're just running. They have expenses, right? Running, like I said, you buy the gear, whatever, it gets expensive. They, uh, but they have the time. Now, if I were to do this from a gym perspective, here's what I would have done. I want to talk about what I did at Urban and I did it half-assed. What I would have done was I would have found an existing running club because there's many of them in Charlotte, like many of them. We have all kinds of run clubs. Every brewery has a run club. They host the run club on the, one of their slower days during the week. I mean, um, dude, there's like, I mean, every brewery has one. There's one called Black Men Run Charlotte. It's just, it's not like you have to be black to be in it, but it just, I don't know, someone started it, and it, I think it's fucking awesome and hilarious. Um, and there's, I mean, it's hundreds of people deep, and they get together, and they generally, again, they meet up, but generally it's a brewery or a bar or restaurant, and it's, you know, a, they have like a one, three, and five mile out back, or they have a 10 mile, or whatever the hell it is. And it's all free, it doesn't cost anything, it's just groups of people who get together, Okay. If I could do it over again, I would have partnered with someone who already had the audience and I would have, all I would have offered was, do you have anyone there to do and help out with like some pre and post run stretching mobility? Do you have anyone there that has any experience in like, you know, uh, good flexor stretches and assistance exercises or, you know, um, things to help people strengthen their, you know, their heel cords, their Achilles and their calves. I will volunteer someone on my staff to come over weekly during your run club and for 15 minutes prior, 20 minutes prior, 30 minutes prior, they will take everyone through a routine, anyone who wants to come early and get in on that. And you probably get, we get waivers signed by anyone participating and all that you could definitely sell that part. But essentially you just get someone from your brand out in front of these people. You do that over 52 weeks a year and you've created relationships and I promise you've acquired clients. You're like, man, that guy was really helpful in fucking three minutes. Dude, he showed me how to, you know, I was having heel cord pain and he showed me if I do a bent knee calf raise and I hold that isometric for 45 to 60 seconds, the pain goes away. Fuck, man. And like, you know, they friend you on Instagram and then you comment, you know, you get it. You, you guys know how it works in the DM. And then, you know, you, uh, you exhibit your influence. And over time people trickling cause they know you're associated with this gym brand and they've already heard it. They know strength training works, but they've, they've been far too intimidated to come in. It's just outside the realm of comfort. And I know this because my running coach, her name is Lisa. I had her meet me on site at QC Fit where I work out now. And I mean, you know, there was, it was open gym, but there's a couple of guys working out, barbells dropping, clang and bang. And, you know, there was like, she was like getting a little bit of a shell shock. It was like not her, not her scene. But I guarantee you for her and other runners like her, all it takes, and some of you guys have these people in your membership base already, it just takes them walking in the door and them being shown, oh, this isn't as bad as the audible 
cues made it out to see the visual cues made it out of the things I saw on the internet, the noises I heard when I walked in and then the, the kinds of people that were shirtless and way more muscular than me walking around here. This is not as bad. Now, again, that's a huge hurdle to overcome, but if you could tap into the endurance community, like imagine if you were known in your town as the place where the running community goes to work out two days a week. And I know, and I had this conversation with metabolic just over the weekend you know, a lot of gyms, like, I don't want someone in my gym two days. I don't want an eight times a month membership. Those people never stay. Well, me personally, I found the exact opposite. I found that those who are more cosmopolitan with their fitness, meaning they have multiple memberships at different things, stay longer than those who are only with me. Okay? I've done plenty of content and podcasts as to why I think this is, but... I mean, what would you be upset if someone purchased an eight times a month membership from you? They came twice a week to do strength training, maybe three times a week when the weather gets colder and they can't run as often. And then the other days they're on the road hitting their fucking miles. No, not at all. Like again, two times a weekers are going to have the highest, um, ARPC average revenue per person per class than like an unlimited membership. I would go into the run clubs now, I, I and that's that's what I would do. I would do it. I would hopefully it would be great to have a coach or a member who really is already integrated into that community to act as a liaison, someone to make the connections. So I'm not having to go and cold call this whole thing. But I would do whatever I had to do. I would, and again, if I'm going to go help a particular group of people and I don't know shit about running, I would generally need to either take a vested interest in it and learn. Go get educated in some way, shape, or form. Don't go showing up like, oh, I'm a coach. I get stragged. You do a couch stretch with all these dumb runners. I'll, I'll just do that with them. Like, no, like you better actually know some shit. Like if you get, you're going to go help endurance runners, you better know shit about helping endurance runners. So I want to explain to you what I did at Urban because I had this thought and I executed on it poorly and I want you to learn from my mistake. So my thought was very similar to what my thought is now, but I had no idea how much of an opportunity it was like I do now but I knew it was an opportunity. So we had a local influencer and we partnered with her. She had a very good following and we did a, a run club every other Saturday or one, I was a uh, one, sorry, one Saturday a month. And they come on Saturday mornings. Our first class was at nine and they would meet at like, I think a little before eight. So she would get them warmed up inside the gym or outside, depending on the weather. And then there was one, three, and five mile routes. So all in all, you know, some people, whatever, it took a little bit of time or a little bit longer time, but it wasn't that much. It wasn't that much time. But then afterwards, you know, they'd be hanging out inside of my, my coffee shop and in my gym, my lounge, and they'd see class happening. And that was our opportunity, right? And I'm not going to lie. The first, I'd say three months we did it. So we did one a month. They did well. They really did. I really thought I really liked what was going on, but I just didn't put any effort into it. I was like, oh, I got the influencer running it. We're good. Like, I didn't care enough to put it into it. Like, I didn't need it enough or I didn't care about it enough. I don't know what it was. But if looking back now, I'm like, fuck, man, that was such a missed opportunity. So many people are running. So many. And I, I think we're going to see a resurgence running. And I, I'm so sick of fucking some dumb motherfucking CrossFit coach be like, you know, running injures more people than anything. Yeah, oh, okay. Are you trying to, you're trying to justify that running injures more people than CrossFit? You stupid fuck. Do you understand that that experiment doesn't work? Do you mean more people run than do CrossFit? 
if a if a thousand people do something, the injury rate is going to be higher than if ten people do another thing. That's it, just how math works. I'm sure there's far more data on people getting injured running than there is on CrossFit because CrossFit's been only being done for about 20 years and people have been running so since, oh, I don't know, fucking Jesus was around, lions and fucking mammoth, woolly, hairy elephants were around. I don't fucking know. People have been running for a long time, motherfucker. Stop giving me that fucking data point. Oh, I cannot stand that. And this is not, again, I'm I'm not a runner. People are like, oh, he just has a fucking thing up his ass because he's running now. No, no, no. That's you're right. I am running. It's a verb. It is not a noun for me. I do not identify as a runner. I'm just doing a thing currently. But runners identify as runners. That is their identity. So the idea of them now becoming a CrossFitter or uh whatever metabolical called their people or a Barry's boot camper or a whatever, it doesn't vibe because they're a runner. So what you need to do is not try to change your identity, but enhance it. Make them a better runner. I hear be like, yeah, they're a runner now, but we'll get them. They'll be a CrossFitter soon enough. I literally swear to Christ, dropped into a gym last year. And me and him were just talking business. And he's like, yeah, I got a bunch of runners who've been coming in. Uh, but don't worry, I'm going to convert them. They'll be CrossFitters soon enough. And I go, why? Why are you trying to change the identity if that's what they want? Again, this is where gym owners try to sell their vision of fitness. Well, I believe it should be. Shut the fuck up. No one gives a fuck what you believe. You provide a service. Can you help these people? If the answer is yes, you actually can, then do your help, like help them and then let them be who they want to be. So what they don't come into your gym four days a week and they have three pairs of fucking wrist wraps and whatever else like indoctrinates people into your, you know, your community. Let them be who they want to be. They're fucking adults. They're paying you money. Just do what you told them you do, which is make them a stronger, more resilient, injury-free runner. And I think everyone here can do that. I guarantee you, there's at least, I'd say 12 months in a year. I guarantee you there's between a minimum of 120 and 360 to 500 leads extra per year. Per year. 120 to 500 additional leads you could get if you tapped into the running community in a very authentic, first type manner. I fucking guarantee it. Um, anyone wants to get on a call to write out this blueprint, I, I fucking have this thing dialed in. And uh, I got some clients that I take calls with now. We're going to be talking about it. But like, if anyone's like, dude, I've been talking about this, but I don't know how to do it. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. We'll get on a call. I think I've got a very solid blueprint for it. Um. But again, you got to have the staff and you got to have like the knowledge base. You can't be like, oh, well, we do fitness, so we can definitely help runners. You can, but you need to have some specificity in there. You know, look at what Chris Hinshaw's done. He wasn't just an endurance guy. He like literally came from a very specific endurance application, and that's what he helps with. So anyway, uh, those are just some thoughts, guys. The running clubs in your town have, are full of people who love fitness. They love their version of fitness running. And they love it so much, they would be willing to spend money to make themselves better at it. But they just, it needs to be done in a way where they don't feel they're detracting from their running. They've got to feel like they're not getting heavier. And it was like, oh, they're not going to bulk up. Like, dude, listen, they start lifting weights and they gain 10 pounds that will impact their run. Not negatively necessarily, but like, we cannot deny the fact that a heavier person, it is more, it takes more power to move them right and we see this in the beginning people gain weight when they first start lifting weights 
but it's not directly like one-to-one on their power. So they might gain 10 pounds over six months, but they might not have like now, but they don't have enough power to sustain that on a run. So their run times aren't actually getting any faster. There's a whole, I mean, again, there's, there's science to this. Um, anyway, that's where I want to stop there. Uh, I'm going to go eat breakfast guys until I talk to you in the next podcast, have a great fucking day.